Welcome to Practical Christian Living. When you have a heart that is weedy, when you have ground that is weedy, it's because you've got a desire for other things. There's a desire for riches. There's the cares and the worries of this world. It's just the natural cares and worries that we have in this world, but they outshine God. We understand if we have a garden in our backyard that we got a, we got some weed duty, right? If you got a garden, you got to get the weeds out of there. In our series, Jesus Appointments, we are looking at an encounter much like a modern-day church service might be today. Jesus, the teacher, the rabbi, is speaking to a large group of people. They are all listening, but the Word of God is falling onto different types of hearts. Some ready to accept the truth they are being fed. Others not ready or not wanting to accept what they are learning. How can we be fruitful and productive as we receive God's Word? Here's part two of Mark chapter four, verses one through 20 with Robert Furrow. If you saw those miracles, you would respond to them, but not the scribes, not the Pharisees, not the Sadducees. These religious people didn't want to believe that He was the Messiah. They rejected Him, even though the Holy Spirit was with Him and the Holy Spirit was continually drawing them and revealing that He was the Messiah. And so they rejected, they rejected, they rejected, they rejected, they rejected, they rejected, and Jesus said, enough, it's done. Now you can't be saved. They had gone to a place where they could not be saved. And we were talking about this a little bit before the service. Is there a place where the Holy Spirit is drawing you, drawing you, drawing you, and you reject, and you reject, and you reject, and He reaches out to you, and He shows you His love, and you reject, and you reject, and you reject, until God goes, okay, fine. You've gone too far. That's what the unforgivable sin is. These men had gone too far. Now that's frightening because we say, well, what if I've gone too far? We were talking about Hebrews chapter six in the green room before here where it says, for someone who's tasted of heavenly things and has received the Holy Spirit or partaken of the Holy Spirit, and it gives this list, and then they fall away, it's impossible to renew them to repentance. When I was a youth pastor, broken-hearted teenage girl came up to me after the, the youth group, and she had her Bible open to Hebrews six, and with literal tears in her eyes, she said, I, I think I committed this. I don't think I can come back. And I said, do you want to? She goes, yeah, but I, I can't. I don't think I can. And I said, you got to read it again. It doesn't say once you've tasted of the heavenly gifts and, and partook of the Holy Spirit that you can never come back again. It doesn't say that. That's how you read it, but that's not what it says. It says it's impossible to renew them to repentance. So if she is repenting and wants to come back, then she hasn't done that. The person who has done that is the person who says, I don't want to come back. I used to follow him. I used to walk with him. I used to know him. I used to love him, but I don't want to come back. And you say, well, come back. The door's open for you. I don't want to. Well, then I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you committed the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying they did because I'm not God. I can't look into their hearts, right? All I know is that they are a candidate for the person who commits the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. They came face to face with the things of God, like the scribes and Pharisees who came face to face with Jesus, and then they rejected. And so Jesus says, I'm talking to them in parables so that they will hear, but they won't believe because there were certain people that he wanted to put that barrier out. 
And I also believe he wanted us to dive in. You want to know what God's all about? You've got to be committed. You've got to pour into it. You've got to search the scriptures. The Bible says, search for him with all of your heart and then he will be found by you. It's not casual seeking, but it's saying, I really want to know who God is and what God's about. I think if you are half-hearted about it, then you won't find him. You have to really pour yourself into it. And so no wonder Jesus goes on now to explain the parable of the sowers, or excuse me, the parable of the hearts or the soils. He said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then can you understand all the parables? In other words, this parable has a key. The way he, he interprets it that helps us approach other parables. When we see Jesus telling parables and we don't have the explanation, we come back to how we handled this one and we want to handle parables the way that he did. How are you going to understand the parables if you don't understand this one, he says. He says, the sower sows the word, the word of God. Again, all of the things are true about God's word. It's alive, it's active, it works in our hearts. It is inspired by God. It is God-breathed, is profitable for rebuke, uh, correction, that the man of God would be thoroughly equipped, lacking in nothing. The sower goes out and sows the word of God. And these are the ones by the wayside. When the word is sown, when they hear, Satan immediately takes away the word that is sown in their hearts. There are all kinds of people that make commitments to Christ. And some of them take off from the very beginning and they run well and there's evidence of fruit in their lives and they run to the end. Jesus said in Matthew 24, those who endure to the end will be saved. They are running well. But then there's some people that go for a while and they kind of flitter away. There's some people that go for a little longer and then all of a sudden they're not serving God. There's somebody that's really on fire for God. Just really, they're in church every time that it's open. They're, they're really, and then all of a sudden they're gone. It's like they just disappear. And then somebody tells me that they went back into the world. There are people maybe who walk for two or three years and they up in the, up in the world. Well, what's happening here? Why are there some people that commit their lives to Christ and immediately run the race and they run it well and there's others that fade away? Well, the parable of the sower helps us with what's going on. The word of God is sown into their heart. And if you've got a hard heart, you're hard towards the things of God. You are, a hard heart is an unbelieving heart. You don't believe, you don't wanna believe, you don't wanna receive. Faith is believing something God has said. And you say, I don't believe. I've heard people say, I can't believe. I don't know if you can believe or not. I've also heard people say, well, I'm just not built to live by faith. Well, that's not true. We live by faith every day. Every day we put our trust in people we don't know. I use the example of driving down the freeway. There's no barrier between you and the car next to you except a double yellow line. And you go 45 miles an hour one way and they're coming 45 miles an hour the other way. You just trust that they're paying attention. You trust that they're not gonna come across the line at just the wrong time. That's faith. You make a point of believing. And when you don't believe, when you say, I, I just don't believe, you have made a decision not to believe. That's the decision that you have made. And that is a hard heart. And the seeds land on it and Satan just takes them away. It has no time to be able to land and to be able to begin to do a work inside of you. God's word works inside of you. But if you have a hard heart of unbelief, those seeds are going to land and you are not going to be able to receive God's word at all. Nothing's going to happen, even though you had a brush with eternity, even though you came right by what would give you eternal life because of your hard heart of unbelief. Your heart is not soft towards the things of God. In farming terms, 
the, it would be called fallow ground. Fallow ground is when the ground hasn't been broken up, the ground hasn't been plowed. The seeds fall on and it's just taken away. Some of you maybe here tonight have a fallow heart or maybe your heart's growing hard and you want the Word of God to be able to affect you. So you've got to break up that fallow ground. You've got to break up a heart that is hard. This is why some people can hear the Word of God and the Word of God doesn't work in them. The Bible says the Word of God works in the hearts of those who believe. Those who believe don't have a hard heart. So the Word of God doesn't work in them at all. The second kind of a heart is a stony heart. He says, likewise, these are the ones sown on stony ground, who when they hear the Word, immediately receive it with gladness. This is unlike the hard heart. They immediately receive it. They're in fire. They're excited about it. But they have no root in themselves. So they endure only for a time. Afterwards, when tribulation and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. When tribulation and persecution arise for the word's sake, because you're a Christian, immediately you're like, I thought this was going to be easier. I'm out of here. It's people who receive Jesus in what I call, what I call the self-help Jesus. And preachers are guilty of giving altar calls for the self-help Jesus. You having problems in your life now? You having troubles in your life now? You having difficulties in your life now? Give your life to Jesus. He's going to make all things better. Your life is going to be like a bowl of cherries. It's going to be like a bed of roses. There's not going to be any difficulties and struggles if you would just receive Jesus as your Savior today. He's there with all of His help. He's there with all of His blessings. He's there with everything that you need if you just give your life to Christ today. How many of you want to become Christians today? Boom, boom. I want that. God wants me rich. God wants me never to be sick. God wants me never to have difficulties. God wants me to never have hardships. And so they receive that Jesus. But that's not our Savior. Our Savior says, you want to be my disciple? You deny yourself. You pick up your cross and you follow me. And you rejoice in persecution. And behold, I tell you that times of trouble are going to come in this world. You will have trouble, but be of good be of a good heart. I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world. He's never promised us that we wouldn't face difficulties or hardships or tough times. They're out there and we are living sacrifices. And what we say to him when we invite him in is, Lord, I want to follow you. Not for what you can do for me, but what I want to be able to do for you. And you give me eternal life. And if God chooses to bless you, because God blesses all of us, if God chooses to bless us with any of those things we talked about before, hey, look, I'm not going to turn it away. I'm not going to know God. I don't want your blessing. I don't want any of the good things. Hey, I want God to work good in my life. I want God to. And that's why I pray for God to do good things, to protect the people I love. That's why I do those things. But I realize that tribulations are going to come. Hard times are going to come because it's not about me. It's about me being a living sacrifice. It's about you saying, Lord, here's my life. Use it for your glory. And if you are going to do that in storms, then here I am. I don't want it, but here I am. And if you're going to do it in good times, then here I am. Look, anybody can shine bright for Christ when times are good. But it's when times are tough that you say, I'm still following him and I still believe. I've known people when they have faced difficulties have left God. They walked away. They said, this isn't what I signed up for. If God's going to do that to me, then I'm gone. But I know a lot of people who have faced difficult, dark days and stood by their Savior knowing that there was no violation in what had been promised. Because Jesus says, I want to use you. Our lives are like a 
like a vapor. They're here one moment and gone the next, and I want to use you. So what do you do if you have a stony heart? We walk across ground that's stony, and, and there's only little bitty plants that are around it because nothing can go deep because they're stony. And, and if the stones are, when tribulations and difficulties come, you turn away, you got to get the stones out of the ground. One of the first things that you do when you get a plot of land and you want to farm it, years ago when they were giving 40 acres away to homesteaders, you could just go and, and claim your, your homestead and then you had to clear the rocks out. And if you were one of the late homesteaders, then you just got an area with all rocks. And you just had a ton of work to do to get your land ready to farm. In Israel, there's a ton of rocks. And Israel is barely ever flat. The Jezreel Valley's flat. There's a couple other places that are flat, but everything else is on hills. So they terrace the hills. Then they collect stones, they build walls, and then they bring dirt into those walls and they flatten it out. And now they have a place to grow their crops all the way down hillsides. But they got a lot of work to do in clearing a lot of those rocks. And so are there rocks that are in your life that are keeping the Word of God from going down deep? Are you thinking, you know what? I'm a believer. I should not have difficulties. I'm a believer. I shouldn't have, have hardships. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. My God owns all the cattle on all the hills. I shouldn't have any difficulties or hardships. Well, that's a stony heart. And sooner or later, the sun's going to come out. Sooner or later, the difficulties, the persecution because of the Word of God in your life. It's not just any random persecution. It's because of the Word of God in your life. And then you give it up. You're like, this isn't what I signed up for. So if you have a stony heart, if you're identifying yourself today, it's time to make a new commitment. It's time to say to him, Lord, I am yours. Like, like Job, if you kill me tomorrow, I will serve you today. That's the right heart. Lord, even if, I, if, if me committing myself to you today makes me die tomorrow, then I'll serve you. I'll live for you. Again, I don't want that, but I'll do it. And that's the heart that gets the rocks out of it. That's removing those rocks from a stony heart. And people that have this, they don't last long. They're very excited about God. And then all of a sudden, they're gone. Then he says, verse 18, the third kind of a heart. Now, these are the ones sown among thorns. These are the ones who hear the word and the cares and of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the desire for other things enter and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. When you have a heart that is weedy, when you have ground that is weedy, it's because you've got a desire for other things. There's a desire for riches. There's the cares and the worries of this world. It's just the natural cares and worries that we have in this world, but they outshine God. We understand if we have a garden in our backyard that we, gotta, we got some weed duty, right? If you got a garden, you got to get the weeds out of there because the weeds contend with your plants for the nutrients, the fertilizers that you might put in there and the water that you put in. And if you're growing weeds, then your plants are going to suffer and they're not going to be as healthy. But if you get the weeds out of there, then they're going to be far more healthy. This is, this is when we might have, you know, all of us may have hobbies or have interests that are other than God. And that's not a bad thing. But when those things become so significant to us that we care more about them than we do God, when it begins to compete with that relationship with God, then that's a weed that's going to choke out the Word of God inside of you. The Word of God is not going to be able to work and it's going to choke them out and the cares and the worries of this world will choke them out and you will not become fruitful. It's different than the stony ground. The stony ground withers away and dies. The weedy ground becomes unfruitful. It's like ground that God's Word has worked in 
but it just doesn't produce its fruit. And God's word is supposed to bring, well, we're going to see here in a minute, the final kind of heart. It says, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word of God, accept it and bear fruit. Some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. 30-fold would be when you have a seed you plant, you're going to get 30 times the amount of seed you planted. 60-fold would be 60 times, 100 times would be 100 times. Very, very fruitful. And that's what he's saying the Word of God does in our lives. That when we have the right heart, when we don't have stony ground, when we don't have weedy ground, when it's plowed up and you can picture good earth that has moisture in it, that you would know, boy, this is going to grow some good crops. When we have that kind of heart, God's Word works in us and begins to produce fruitfulness in our own life and in the lives of people that are around us. We become effective. Now, as we look at these four different kinds of soil, it becomes obvious the one that Jesus wants us to have, right? He wants us to have a good soil that he can grow and produce fruit in our lives. But I think it's also what we want. We want God to be fruitful in our lives. I don't want to live my life for him and not be fruitful. I want my life to be lived in such a way that people see Christ, that people are drawn to him. I want your life lived in such a way that it is fruitful and it produces fruit in your life. Now, I think we have to, before we finish this up, we have to talk about what happens to these people, those who endure to the end. Again, we talked about it a little bit in the green room today, the idea of once saved, always saved. What happened to these people with the stony heart? They withered away. Well, those who believe in once saved, always saved would say, well, they withered away, but they were just withered away Christians. The weedy heart, they would say, well, it was just Christians that weren't fruitful. But the thing is, there are those who walk completely away from Christ. The Bible talks about those who are apostates. If once saved, always saved were really the truth, there wouldn't be apostates. The Bible talks about people who have become apostates. They, they apostatize, which means they walk completely away from God. John MacArthur had an assistant pastor who worked for him for 20 years, his second guy. And he walked away from God and he became an atheist. John MacArthur believes in once saved, always saved. But John says of this man that he's not saved because he says he was never saved. He wouldn't have gone out from us. He quotes the scripture. He wouldn't have gone out. If he was part of us, he wouldn't have gone out from us. Someone who believes that it's possible to walk away, you, if you endure to the end, you endure with salvation. If you believe it's possible to walk away, then you would believe that person's not saved either. And that's why I say, hey, let's not argue about once saved, always saved. Because we both agree. We agree on more than we disagree. We agree that that person who has walked away and is in apostasy, we believe that they're not saved. We just believe they have different venues of getting there. One believes that he walked away. The other believes that he was never saved. But they're still unsaved. And that's where our issue should be. What happens to these people with a stony heart? I, I don't know. What happens to the people that have a weedy heart? I, I don't know. God's the one who deals with salvation, right? Salvation is of him. But what I do know is that I want to run the race with endurance. I want to endure to the end. And I want fruitfulness in my life. And if I know someone who has faded away, if I know someone who has, the word's been choked out, if I know someone who has quick growth but didn't grow completely, then I want to be praying for them that they would either come back or come to Christ. I want to be committed that they don't get to that place where they've rejected, 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 rejected and cross some line where Jesus says, 
Now all I'm talking to you is in parables. I'm done. What an amazing thing to be alive during the days of Jesus, to see all those messianic works. What a phenomenal thing to see all of those. And could you imagine rejecting them, seeing the miracles and rejecting them? Some of these guys even saw Lazarus, a friend of theirs, returned from the grave. But the Bible says some of them still didn't believe and wanted to kill Lazarus. They wanted to kill him. That was their heart of unbelief. They wanted to kill him. And so we want to examine our hearts. And if we have any stones in them, get rid of them. If the cares and the worries of this world are choking out the word of God, then we want to get rid of them that we would have the most fruitful heart that we could possibly have for God to use us in a world that so desperately needs Jesus Christ. Stand with me, would you? And let's pray together. Father, we want to thank you for the time we've been able to spend looking into your word. We want to thank you that we can talk about these different kinds of hearts and maybe identify ourselves. And I do pray for those that are here today that may have a hard heart. They just don't believe you. They don't believe your word. They don't believe that you came giving your word. They just will not receive. They will not believe. I pray that you would soften them up. I pray that they would see themselves here in Scripture today and come to you. I pray for those that are here that have a stony heart. They're following you as long as things are good. But as soon as things get difficult, they're out. Lord, I pray that they would remove those stones and leave the good ground. And those that get caught up in the cares of this world or the desire for riches or the desire for other things, I pray that those weeds would be removed so that what would remain would be a good heart, would be good ground that we could produce for you fruitfulness. And we thank you for this. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I'd like you to keep your heads bowed, please, and your eyes closed for just a couple of minutes. I want to give you an opportunity if you're here today and you have never received him. The Bible says as many as receive him, he gives the power to become a child of God to those who believe in his name. The Bible says if you believe, you will be saved. If you say, yes, Lord, I trust you. I believe what you have said. The children of Israel by faith kept the Passover. They smeared the blood on their doorpost. They believed enough to do it. If you believe enough to receive him, he said anyone who receives, the Bible says anyone who receives can be saved, can be called a child of God. Do you believe you can receive him? Do you want to invite him in? If you don't want to, you don't have to. But if you want to today, there's this opportunity for you right now that you can receive him and give your life to him. He's got a plan. He's got a purpose. He's got a call. He's got something for you to do. There's a reason that you were made. There's a reason you're here. Our God is a God who even puts people in places and times. So if you're here tonight and you want to give your life to Christ, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm just going to ask you to do something simple. Just lift your hand up. God bless you, sir. God bless you there on the aisle. That's awesome. Anyone else? Just raise your hand. God bless you. You're in the balcony, that's great. God bless you. That's awesome. God bless you. That's great. All right, you can put your hands down. And I would like everyone, including those who raise their hands, to repeat this prayer after me. By the way, those of you that are on our online live campus, uh, you raise your hand too. If you want to receive Christ as your Savior, then, then you pray uh, this prayer with me as well. Dear Heavenly Father, I confess that I've sinned. And I know my sin has separated me from you. But I also understand that I can be forgiven by the death of Jesus on the cross. So I invite you into my life and I turn from my sin that I can live for you. 
in the name of Jesus. Amen. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. We pray that the Lord is speaking to you in a personal way here at Practical Christian Living. If you'd like to hear more of Robert Furrow's teachings, visit calvarytucson.com. For our local listeners, Calvary Tucson is open and holding physical services while being mindful of social distancing guidelines. Our East Campus at Speedway and Camino Seco meets Saturdays at 6 p.m. and Sunday mornings at 9.45 a.m. Our West Campus, south of Palo Verde and I-10, meets Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m. and 11 a.m. Our midweek service times are Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. at our East Campus and 7.15 p.m. at our West Campus. If you prefer, you can watch our service online at live.calvarytucson.com and also on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Our online campus is available during East Campus service times. If Practical Christian Living Radio has blessed you and you'd like to donate, please visit pclaz.org. That's pclaz.org, where you can make a secure one-time donation or sign on to become a monthly partner on a reoccurring basis. Have you accepted Jesus into your life or have questions about salvation? Email us at saved at calvarytucson.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media, Instagram at Calvary Tucson and Facebook at Calvary Chapel Tucson. We want to remind our local listeners that you can watch Practical Christian Living Sunday mornings at 8.30 on KGUN 9 TV. May we walk worthy while we wait for the return of our Savior. Thank you for joining us for Practical Christian Living.